there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey, Java junkies, welcome back to another episode of Time for Coffee. And I am so happy to have you along as we sidle up to the coffee bar to tap into the expertise and advice and insights of another amazing guest. By the way, please make sure to tweet me at time, the number four, coffee, LLC on Twitter or Instagram or both. And let me know what you're thinking about these episodes and how we can make them better and more useful for you, whether you're still in college or grad school or whether you're already out in the big bad working world. I really, really need and want to hear from you. In the meantime, grab your mug and take a chug because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And joining me around the virtual coffee table today is the one and only Sri Srinivasan, a pioneer of sorts in the digital wilderness, a first in the position of chief digital officer at institutions like the Metropolitan Museum of Art, also known as the Met in New York City. He's also been a journalist and logged 20 years as a professor of journalism at the prestigious Columbia Graduate School of Journalism and as dean of student affairs there. I am thrilled to have the opportunity to showcase his talents and wisdom and expertise with the Java Junkie community. So, Shri, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you appropriately caffeinated and ready to go? I am. My wife says I'm like this without a lot of caffeine. I'm naturally alive in the morning, but delighted to speak to you. And you've pumped me up so much. I don't know if anyone can live up to that billing, but I'm delighted to be with you. I think you will not only live up to it, I think you will exceed it, Shree. I've watched your TED Talks. <laughs> Thank you. So let's jump into the espresso shots. These are 10 quick questions to help Java junkies get a handle on the profession that you're in. And we are going to frame this as digital in any industry, whether that's in the media, whether that's in the private sector, whether that's in the nonprofit sector, whatever it is, let's get into what entry-level jobs are available to young people who are eager to break into the field of whatever it is using digital. I think the folks who are listening to your podcast right now are in an in-between stage. Those of in our generation were in almost exclusively non-digital careers. And in another five, seven years, all careers will be digital. But right now, you've got that in-between stage. And I think that's a great advantage for your listeners because there's a lot of need for people who understand technology, understand how to make it work in the world that already is there and to change these industries. There's a lot of demand for that. So your folks who are doing things like listening to this podcast are positioned to excel and really stand out. So what would those entry-level jobs be? They would really be around taking an existing process and making it digital or transforming it to make it more efficient and to work in today's world. Every industry has versions of these, and most of the jobs will be listed under traditional titles, but they will have a lot of digital work built into the process. And it's important for your listeners to know that just because you're a digital native you're a millennial or younger or older, you still need to bring an understanding of that industry and how it works, who the players are, 
etc. Just don't rely on your tech skills to succeed. You have to bring this combination over at Columbia. One of my colleagues, Sig Gisler, coined a wonderful term, the tradigital executive, tradigital, meaning someone who has all the traditional understanding and knowledge and skills, but has the new digital skills overlaid on that. So I encourage all your folks to be tradigital in their work. So, Shri, earlier this year, you and your best friend, Andrew Lee, launched a new company called DigiMentors, which is a new kind of digital consultancy of strategists, trainers, coaches, and doers. What is a useful skill or skills that you look for at DigiMentors in the people that you're hiring? We're always looking for folks who straddle the two eras, the ones who understand what's happening within an industry, how it's changing, where it's going, and who have the new skills that can help that industry go to where it needs to go. So that combination is very important. I look at social media, for example, as an important part of your toolkit, but not just the only one. I interview people for jobs all the time. I'm placing people with my clients. I have a whole hiring consulting part of what we do. And in that, we find folks who are really good at Twitter and Facebook, but there's no there there. They didn't take interesting classes in college, can't explain to us why they should be hired for this particular job. They've not done the research. They don't understand. And the way the world works now, there's so much information you can get before you show up at an interview. Everything from LinkedIn to industry blogs, to important newsletters. And so you have to walk into these interviews prepped and ready to go to show that you care about this so that you want to be here as opposed to any other job that you could be at. So when you say they tweet, they they know how to post, but they're not actually as skilled as they should be. Could you give us an example of what a good tweeter, social media proficient entry level candidate would look like? Sure. And we've hired lots of those folks in my various jobs in the past. And as I said, I now place them at companies. So when I look at someone's feed, I want to see them not just talking about themselves all day. Of course, you can have a personality. Of course, you can have fun. But you are being judged on what you're posting. And I want to see an interested, interesting curious person about the world. And that doesn't mean that that you have to hide who you are or anything, but talk about the world. Talk about the world that you want to work in and belong to. And I also look to see how creative they are with their posts. I want to see somebody of some depth. And a lot of people on social show no depth. And they spend all their time trying to show how fabulous their life is. So using these tools, I also spend a lot of time looking at people's LinkedIn, which I think is the most underrated and underappreciated of all the networks. And I believe that listening today, you can go in and help make your LinkedIn a better place to show off your expertise. If you think of Instagram as showing off your fabulous life, think of LinkedIn as showing off your expertise. So just to dig in there for a moment, what could they do to kind of pump up their LinkedIn profile in such a way that it would catch your eye? Well, the main thing is, are they using it? This that itself will help you stand out because so many people build an account and then let it languish. They think of it as a job hunting tool. It's really a career management tool, which means they should be posting, sharing, and as I said, kind of showing what they know and what they're interested in. They could be sharing what they're reading. They could be commenting on other people's links. They could be following 
companies that you're interested in. Like one of the things you, I would do is if you say, uh, you know, all my life I've wanted to work in this particular industry, then show me that. Show me either internships you've done or things you're posting about it or are you following the company that you claim to be so interested in, right? Like when I was growing up, there was no way to show your interest in something apart from showing up. Today, you can curate your interests and you can show your interests in a different way. So speaking of when you were growing up, when I was growing up, you didn't have the option when you went to college, and we'll get into that more in the longer time for coffee interview, but to study digital, to study about social media because it didn't exist. Is someone's major today a deciding factor, in your opinion, to break into this industry? In other words, if they haven't studied whatever, is that a deal breaker? I don't think so. I think, in fact, I love people who've studied other things. I find a lot of folks who are really good at design, for example, but then haven't studied any political science or any history or other subject area matters that will show that they have kind of an underpinning of knowledge. And that's one of the things I look for as well. So it is certainly not a factor that will be held against you. As I'm saying that there, I find there are some people who take on all the social media classes, but are bad at everything else. So do you think that it is a good idea for Java junkies to take classes in any of this, whether it's digital or social media or whatever that would. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> yeah, well as, a, as someone who makes a living training people, I think the answer is yes, but it doesn't have to be your major. It, you could learn this stuff through internships, through one-off workshops that you take. Even LinkedIn has a whole learning module that you can use to get smarter about almost any subject. So show that you have a well-rounded education with some digital skills as part of that. Now, Shri, you have a graduate degree in journalism that you got at Columbia. How important is it, do you think, for someone who wants to be in the digital field writ large in order to have a graduate degree to be successful in this field? Not necessarily to break in, but to be successful. As someone who ran the admissions office at Columbia for many, many years, I can tell you that I am a believer in graduate education for a variety of reasons. Number one, it helps you stand out from everyone else when everyone has a bachelor's degree. It shows a commitment to the subject area. Number two, the network and connections you get from going to a great graduate program anywhere in the world are really important. Your classmates are going to be running your industry and you want to be part of that. And three is that your graduate school work is entirely built around making you better at whatever it is you're studying. As soon as you go in the real world, you know that it's really about delivering and getting things done rather than improving you in any way. Your bosses don't sit around and saying, how has Johnny improved this week? How has he become a better executive for us? That's not how the world works. So that's why I also encourage people to go to graduate school after having worked for a couple of years. So then they have a better idea of what kind of work they want to do. But certainly not everyone needs to go or even should go to grad school. It's expensive. It's complicated. So you need to think about that as you're doing this. Sri, what kind of life experiences do you think are most useful for Java junkies who want to break into this field? You yourself have lived and worked all over the world. You were born in Japan. You lived in Bhutan, the former Soviet Union, Myanmar, India, and Fiji. You speak 
multiple languages, you've done all kinds of things in your life. What do you think are the most useful life experiences for Java junkies to try to pursue? I think getting your hands into whatever it is that will help you in your path is important. So if you want to work in the advertising industry, to see if you can get an internship in an ad shop. But even better, think about how you can work at a company whose products you admire and get a job there. But any experience where you are in touch with customers, you're in a customer-facing job is really important. Whether you're waiting tables or working in the front line of a store, all of that teaches you everything from hustle to the importance of customer service. And all of those skills will translate into anything you're doing later in your career. Great advice. What is the best part for you of being in the digital space? The scale of how you can make change really matters. In the old days, it took a long time for you to help build a brand into something. It also was difficult to reach a lot of people. Today, you can be posting content that is seen and loved around the world. And that's really important for me because if we're going to do stuff, let's do it at scale. Let's really have an impact. One of my favorite signs at Facebook headquarters, sign that says, focus on impact and do fewer things, but do them better. And that's the way I try to do my work is how can we reach the most number of people, help the most number of people, and there's a satisfaction in that. But that's not for everybody. What about the flip side? What is the part of your current job, you've just launched a business, DigiMentors, that sucks the most? The part that's hardest is the nitty gritty of a business, paying your bills, getting paid for your bill, managing people. All of that is problematic and not easy. It's not the fun stuff, but that's what will make or break your business. And so focusing on that's really important, but I'd rather be doing the customer facing work, but the back end operations really matter. And so that's why people use outsiders to help them with that part of the work. But together, the work gets done only if you have an overall plan to succeed and not just focusing on the fun parts of your job, any job. I think that is so true and important for Java junkies to really drink in that almost every job you're going to have in your life, whether you're the founder and CEO of a new company or whether you're in an entry-level job, are going to have things you enjoy and things you don't enjoy. And hopefully the good outweighs the bad, but that's just life, unfortunately. Shree, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? I think of two things when I think of great career advice. One of them was from an English teacher who said, always cross your T's and dot your I's. And I translate that into the work we do today because it's all about getting the real specifics right, the little details right. And that's really inspired me, even though the saying itself will not make sense, the idea behind it that every little thing you do matters. And another piece of advice that has stuck with me was from Mervyn Block, who is a wonderful teacher of writing and broadcast writing in particular, and wrote for some of the great broadcasters of our time and his time. He always says, better to be an hour early than a minute late. (laughs) And that, of course, makes a big difference on TV because you even a second late is dead air. But in the working world of any industry, if you can be the guy or gal who shows up to meetings early, who's in the conference room 
while everyone else is still gathering, you're already there. You get to have good early conversations with people. Folks notice that you're there. If you're the one who stumbles in to a classroom or a meeting or any appointments late, people note that. And they always wonder if when you're representing them at something, will you do the same thing? And so those are two good pieces of advice. I love it. I love it. It's also true when you're trying to catch a plane. So it, it applies <laughs> to a lot of things in life. Shri, what movies or Netflix shows or YouTube programs or, for that matter, works of fiction do you think accurately depict your profession? Ooh, this is tough. So I'm going to make a recommendation for something that many people love. So they may know this already, the show Silicon Valley on HBO, because it captures the absurdity of the digital world where people are overpromising and making hyped up pronouncements and things like that. So that kind of at an absurd level, I think that's worth watching. There's also a book by a former student of mine named Tom Rackman, R-A-C-H-M-A-N, and it's called Imperfectionists. And it's set in an English language newspaper in Italy. And it's one of the best books I've ever read, period. But it also really captures the world of the media and all the problems it has. It's also a comedic book and it's so funny, laugh out loud funny, translated into multiple languages and I recommend it to everyone. The Imperfectionist by Tom Rackman. We'll put that in the show notes for Java Junkies. Thank you. And then final espresso shot here. What would Java Junkies be surprised to learn about the field of digital? how analog it is, that it's still about the skills that you use in other areas, being on time, being understanding, being empathetic, all the kinds of kind of common sense things that you know about real life, applying it in the digital world as well. An early thing I learned about social media is what's common sense in real life is common sense on social media. And so we should never lose sight of those aspects of our work and life when we move into the digital world. It is not exempt from the laws of gravity and common sense. Fantastic. That is such great insight. Shri, thank you so much for making time for coffee with me today and with the Time for Coffee community. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for the opportunity and good luck, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much. <laughs>